0: What's up, awesome people? Thanks for listening to Fuck This Podcast. I'm your host, Step Tranovich, the creator of Cute Little Fuckers. And in this podcast, we are going to dive into some credible things like sex, sexuality, gender identity, relationship structures, queer shit, trans shit, body image, all of this stuff we cover in Fuck This Podcast. This specific episode is sponsored by Cute Little Fuckers. Cute Little Fuckers are some of the most Powerful, rumbly vibrators that you don't need to plug into a wall that exist. Literally, Stefanos, the person who runs upperfloorofkink.com, told me that these were the strongest vibrators they. Ever felt in such a small form factor, and they fucking know vibrators. I was honored. They're like, tell everyone that shit. I stand by it. So you'll see that on our website. But I really think you'll like them too, not just Stefano's. So you should go onto cutelittlefuckers.com and check them out. We're normally running some sort of like a cool discount or promo thing or giveaway, or we got lots of cool stuff going on. So check that out. Also follow us on social media at cute little fuckers without the u, cute little fuckers, um, on all of the social media platforms cute cute little cute little fuckers cute little fuckers cute little fuckers fuck yeah one last thing before we dive into this episode. We are recording this podcast during a global pandemic, which means we don't have access to our studio. Our guests don't have access to our studio. We don't have physical access to our guests. We are all just recording this with equipment that we have laying around. But this conversation is great. Don't let any of the wompiness turn you off because I just know you're going to love this episode because I love it. So I guess with that, without further ado, let's dive in. Let's just like start off giving some people some context. So for all of those who are listening in and who can't see how we're communicating right now, would you be able to paint a little bit of a picture of what's going on for them?
1: Of course. So I have a disability called cerebral palsy which for me means I use a wheelchair and I'm nonverbal. I hire assistants like Cameron to help me. I communicate using a letter board and a laser pointer attached to my hat. The person I'm talking to just has to voice out loud what I'm spelling. For this podcast, I've pre-written my answers for my aide to read out loud, but you will hear me spelling for anything else.
0: Incredible. So you are uh, a sex educator who focuses specifically on sex and disability. Uh, Let's start with the basics. How did you get into this?
1: Well, as a teenager, I really just wanted some information on sex and disability for my own personal use. I had no plans on becoming a sex educator. However, during my search, I came up completely empty-handed. As all disability organizations I reached out to for resources could not give me anything. They even hung up on me sometimes when I would ask about sex and disability resources. What? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, So it was a lot of trial and error and trying to figure things out myself. And then after that I decided to write a hand guide called Queers on Wheels which later turned into me touring the country, giving workshops, and, you know, the rest is history. Queers on Wheels mm-hmm. has kind of morphed into my current mm-hmm. platform, Cripping Up Sex, essentially, which is for all genders and sexualities.
0: Wow, that's awesome. Oh, my gosh, I can't believe they hung up on you. That's no. so <laughs> terrible.
1: They are still do yeah they still do a lot of organization disability organizations organizations are not with it in regards to sex and disability um even uh one five 15 years later yeah
0: i've been doing this work for a little bit uh, for a while you've been doing this for even longer i mean at this point it almost feels like it shouldn't be news to us, just like how much progress there still is to be made. And yet every single time I hear something, it still feels like it slaps me across the face again.
1: <laughs> exactly. Yeah.
0: But that's awesome that you kind of just that I love that that morphed into what you do now and that you decided to to fill that gaps. So I find so many of the most beautiful and powerful things really emerge from that. That's so cool. So, like, you mentioned that, yeah, this really came from you being a, a teen exploring this and trying to figure that out, as all teens are. I mean, being a teen is already, like, a sexually awkward experience. Um, adding disability into the mix, I'm sure, adds, like, a whole deeper new level of confusion on top of that. Um, could you talk, tell us a little bit about your experience growing into your sexual self with disability?
1: Well, I did not see any media that represented my experience there was no there wasn't even like a cis straight representation of just disability and sex either so that was like really hard when you're a teen trying to like look around and find yourself in the world
0: yeah absolutely as someone who struggles with some other disabilities um i didn't struggle with it during my you know like coming of sexual age but more recently and i was just like yeah, there's no representation for this. There's just, like, no info on this. Like, I'm trying to figure out how to use my body in different ways and how that works and it's just like, geez, like, we need, like, just, like, so much amplification on this subject. It's so important. Like, like a lot of people think disabled people don't even fuck and that's just, like, so not true. But that's, like, what you would think looking at the media out there.
1: Oh, yeah, definitely. Um, There is s l i slightly more now than there was like when i was getting started but it is still like oh my god like such a long way to go still
0: so were there any like awkward or embarrassing discovering your sexuality moments that felt pretty unique to your experience we've all got them
1: (laughs) oh yeah definitely Um, when I was first discovering sex toys and masturbation, I was still living at my parents' house and they both worked from home. So it was tricky trying to navigate doing anything like that discreetly. Um, so I had to wait for the rare moment that they were both gone to even do anything. And there were definitely times when I almost got caught discarding any sex toys that did not work for me was also tricky because i didn't want my parents to accidentally find a bunch of vibrators in the trash can um so my aunt and i would go to the local grocery store and dump the sex toys into their outdoor garbage can
0: (laughs) oh my gosh that's amazing like so many points to your aid i love that just i could see you all just sneaking into the grocery store and dropping them off oh that's so good such a such a funny surprise for the um (laughs) divers coming in later you know getting getting the food that's still good but technically past expiration date to find a bunch of vibrators
1: yeah exactly (laughs) he uh he was a really cool aid too yeah For sure.
0: Oh my gosh. So much gratitude to him. That's so good. So you've been doing this for 15 years now. Is that correct? Yeah. That's such an epic amount of time. Um, So how has this intersection of sex and disability changed over this 15 years you've been doing this?
1: Well, it has gotten a bit more mainstream, which is definitely awesome. Places like Cosmo magazine have even done articles on sex and disability. Yeah. However, this, like, as I said earlier, disability organizations still don't really give resources about sex and disability or even really want to talk or acknowledge it, you know. Even when I offer to give workshops or trainings, they often say no or just, you know, don't take me up on it. But there are more awesome people talking about sex and disability than there was 15 years ago. And that alone is definitely amazing. Uh, And, you know, the Internet's great, too. (laughs) But there is still just a long way to go in regards to representation of sex and disability in our current culture.
0: Yeah, that's for sure. You know, I can postulate, but, like, just why? I mean, if you're actually, like, reaching out to these organizations and, like, offering to give these workshops, like, you would think they would, they would love to take you up on that. Like, why do you think they're not.
1: <laughs> My TH thought is because O organizations, or no, because OW and owning our sexuality gives us power in other areas of our life. Um, it kind of takes away from that idea of the eternal child, the complicit patient kind of, like, type of disabled person that they want to perpetuate. These uh, organizations want us to be, uh, quote, easy to take care of you know and being like owning your sexuality makes it more complicated or gives you more you know like more sense of like your power in yourself yeah
0: oh my gosh that is even darker than my postulations were <laughs>
1: yeah it's, it's pretty it's kind of messed up yeah
0: i would think that they would want to do everything they can to give power to to the people make people feel as like big and embodied as possible
1: You'd think, but you see that way more coming from actual disabled people, you know, and disabled right activists. Yeah. Yeah.
0: So then what I'm hearing is that a lot of these organizations aren't actually run or involving by disabled people. It's more...
1: Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Are a... Rarely are they run by actual disabled people or have people that actually have, like, first any kind of firsthand experience or empathy for what it's like to be disabled. Exactly. they would probably be very different if more, like, more of these organizations did do that. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Oh, <laughs> man. Like... Everyone out there, like, start touching yourself right now. Fight the power, you know? Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Gosh, that makes it even more important. I mean, yeah, like, body autonomy and our power to pleasure ourselves is so tied into our confidence and our power and our ability to feel like we're fully grounded fulfilled people that yeah when you have unfortunately organizations that are supposed to be helping you that are really trying to pacify you or make you easy like that's
1: yeah
0: and what's interesting is I don't think that's only applicable to this situation it's just I, I feel like you can see those sort of power dynamics in Um, organizations all across the world but it is even more sinister (laughs) in this situation uh, especially when people like you reaching out to help yeah yeah exactly definitely all of that (laughs) are are there any like obviously yourself are there any other like uh, disabled activist groups that like you've worked with um, that are more open to this sort of thing
1: um, not not G R O U P groups, but A N D Andrew Gerza uh, is a really good friend and fellow sex mm-hmm. and disability advocate. Uh, he is K I kind of the M a male version of what i do yeah like the queer (laughs) male version really you know um but he has a really cool podcast called uh uh, disability after dark and and stuff like that and he does really great work
0: that's awesome so you still it still seems to me like you have to just connect with the individuals it's more this yeah like individual really like ground level activism um, that's that's pushing this which just makes it all the more inspiring that you're doing this and you've been doing this for so long Um, yeah yeah, I mean over the 15 years of providing such important content I'm sure you've had like countless heartwarming Mm -hmm. experiences uh, the kind where you can like really feel the impact you're making on people's lives would you be able to share maybe like uh, a couple of those stories?
1: Absolutely. Um, Yeah. So I got the honor of presenting at the National Cerebral Palsy Convention, which was a very cool experience, just like in itself. I'd never been around so many adults with cerebral palsy in my entire life.
0: That's incredible.
1: Everyone came to my workshop and we had a really good discussion. And afterwards, many people in their 40s came up to me and said it was just like the first time anyone had ever Mm. talked to them Mm. about sex and disability, which was very cool, Mm. but also very sad at the same time, of course. Um, And a more recent one Mm. was just like a cool consultation with parents, uh, with some parents who wanted to help their teen masturbate. It was just, you know, really refreshing to talk to parents Mm. who like, actually recognize that their disabled teen is also a sexual being and wanted to help them get access to that kind of info yeah so that was really cool and there's all kinds of little little things
0: those are both such incredible stories i could just imagine how yeah that like impact of like so grateful that you could give that to people but also so sad like I'm just thinking the people in their 40s who have like never had anyone talk to them about it it is like heartwarming and heartbreaking (laughs) all at the same time
1: exactly yeah definitely Mm -hmm. um also Mm -hmm. this Mm -hmm. is Mm -hmm. not Mm -hmm. exactly heartwarming Mm -hmm. but I Mm -hmm. had the C H R I Wait, C-H-R-I? Christmas? No, C-H-R-I-S-T. <laughs> oh, the Christian Rights Organization protest, one of my workshops, um, which I think is awesome. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I think so, too. That is a badge of honor.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, if you guys are out here, and yeah. know I'm doing oh the right God. thing. <laughs> <laughs> oh,
0: my gosh. Bravo. Bravo. That is so good. And that, that story of just, like, the parents um, with the teen recognizing them as sexual beings, I mean, I feel like it must be so hard for parents in general, to recognize any child as a sexual being, and then w- one where you, you need to be kind of involved in it a little bit and helping them get resources is, yeah. Shout out to any parents who who are dealing with that. Like that's 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 an awesome thing. And Eva exactly. is a parent is a pro at that. Yeah,
1: uh, most uh, most parents don't. Yeah, most parents just don't. Especially with uh, kids with disabilities, you know, they just don't. It's that eternal child thing that gets perpetuated regardless of how independent or intelligent like their kid is, you know, like they still, that still gets perpetuated pretty deep and it's really common.
0: Yeah. Yeah, that's like just inherently is such a toxic dynamic. I mean, you can just hear the like eternal child, like you can't do it on your own. And then when you mix that, with this, like, a, a eternal child plus sexuality, like, you can just see how that creates a lot of, a lot of unwanted, unnecessary, uncomfortable tension.
1: Yeah, it, it's, it really is unnecessary. Um. <laughs>
0: <laughs> you just can't emphasize that enough. That is unnecessary. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But, yeah. Putting that out there. Um Yeah, that's so true. Um, We also got a cool question from um, someone in our community that I'd love to ask you as well. Does that sound good?
1: Yeah.
0: Hell yeah. Um, Cool. So this is an anonymous question from our community. We always like to bring in um, one or a couple of these at the end of our, towards the end of our show. So this individual writes, how do I hit on a disabled person without sounding stupid? In In the past, there have been people who caught my eye but I didn't make any moves for fear, fear of accidentally doing something to offend them. Mm-hmm. I know there's, there's thousands of flavors of disability, but any general guidelines, do's and don'ts for flirting with a disabled person?
1: Well, this is a great question. Uh, the, the main thing is just to flirt with them like you would anyone else. You don't need to do anything special because they have a disability. When you start chatting, they might tell you a little more about their disability and if you have questions, that's totally okay. Just keep it respectful and appropriate. Do not ask things like, can you have sex? Um, (laughs) I this one all the time and it is so tiresome and so ridiculous. It's just not a good question to ask. If you start dating, you will find out the answer. (laughs) is such a rude thing to approach a stranger with. Also, if they communicate using an AAC or like Stephen Hawking or another alternative uh, form of communication like my letter board or something else, you know, um talk to them directly, not to their aide/interpreter. And do not speak slower or anything like that. Just talk to them like you would anyone else. Just assume competence.
0: Don't make other weird assumptions. (laughs) Yeah. Really, really great points. Like for that. Yeah, like, I just can't imagine how tiring that question of, like, can you have sex?
1: (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, it's so (laughs) ridiculous.
0: Part of me wants to just name this podcast episode, like, Disabled People Fuck Too. <laughs> yeah. that's a good title yeah definitely right it's just like in case there was any confusion people just yeah. <laughs> just up, like <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
1: exactly yeah for sure you know no, it's so weird people ask that question even when they're not interested in dating that person like it could totally just be like a stranger on the street and they're like mmm, how does that work or like I uh, have had uh, that happen to me uh, in my WOR, in my workshops as well, and yeah, it's, um, mm.
0: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I mean, if you're running a workshop on sex and disability...
1: Like, yeah, like, (laughs) I think you could
0: put that together. I feel like, yeah, that that (laughs) answers the question.
1: (laughs) Also, it is still not A-P-P-R appropriate, E-S, especially in a P-R-O... F, E, professional setting, yeah, and ask like the person running the workshop, like, can you, sexy? <laughs> that's just not it's a really rude question to ask anyone in just about any setting.
0: It's strange. It's so strange what people think they can ask sometimes.
1: Oh my god, yeah. Mm. Like, they feel mm. like they're entitled to certain information. Mm. It's it's mm. so weird.
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like,
1: it, like, knowing that this random disabled person they, like, don't even know has sex is gonna, like, benefit their day in any way, or, like, gonna help at all, or, like, I don't know, like, it's not doesn't matter, it doesn't affect them. Unless like you're actually fucking
0: it does not matter. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> exactly. And you know, if you're you'll figure that out when you're yeah. dating or when you're heading in that direction, right? Yeah. <laughs>
1: if you like start off the relationship by asking something like that, you're probably not going to get there. <laughs> yeah.
0: That's so real. That that's so real. And I, I don't know, I'm just obviously Sex can look a lot of different ways for all sorts of people, disability yeah. or not disability and you know and romanticness can look different for all sorts of people and you know, people need and want love in all sorts of ways and there's lots of ways to make bodies feel good and to make minds feel good and to make people feel good. Exactly. Um, and yeah. I think that's really just the main thing people should keep in mind and the details are the fun things you get to figure out on the way.
1: Yeah, exactly. Do you, I don't know what you think. Do you think that question also kind of comes from like a very like penis and vagina centric, like way of thinking about sex, you know um, where they're like, Oh, well how do you like fit that in kind of thing? You know, how does that work? You know, and that's such an arbitrary way of thinking about sex in the first place that that's um, a, T, A, N, another, H, A, N, hang, hang up, disabled people have to deal with a lot, Um, or P, A, R, particularly heterosexual people, or just people that, you know, date someone of the opposite sex, Um, because very often their bodies might not be able to have that, like, model of sex, you know, that's been shoved down our throats. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, I am, quote, L-U-lucky, uh, because I'm queer. So when you're queer, you're already kind of starting from scratch, you know? But for people who identify as straight or date people of the opposite sex, they still might be stuck in this idea of how sex is supposed to be. Um, so they often find themselves doing things that like don't really work with their body and then dealing with people who also kind of want to force that model too, or um, feel W or feel be or just feeling bad that they can't do what their partner or they want to do at all, you know?
0: Yeah, absolutely. I think what you're speaking to is so real and definitely came up for me in like hearing about people, yeah, say like, oh, how do you how do you have sex? There's sex is so much bigger than like the act of like P and V or things like that. And I exactly. totally hear you as like a queer person It seems so obvious to me. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Um, But that's, like, so important to pinpoint for people who don't have that identity and that experience, um, for people who are dealing with kind of more what does it look like to be a more, like, heterosexual, heteronormative person with different body functions. And, you know, it is important to recognize that, like, that is one one little thing you can do in, like, the large world of sex. <laughs> um,
1: yeah, exactly. And it's, like, completely individual. And even, like, with, like, different partners, it can be just – it has to be defined on such an individual level, you know, like, at all fucking times, yeah.
0: Absolutely. Thank you so much for bringing that element so many different ways to have sex. Please explore them. Yeah. Which ones right. feel great for your body and which ones don't. And that's cool. Yeah, <laughs> that's totally exactly. Fun.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, if that like straight vanilla stuff works great, but it's like, don't let it confine you into like what sex can be for you. Mm-hmm,
0: so. mm-hmm. Especially when that's not working for your body.
1: Yeah. Like, don't put your, like, don't, like, sex isn't worth, like, pain and discomfort it's supposed Mm -hmm.
0: to be like a good time -hmm. absolutely this is all so amazing thank you so much for just coming on the show and sharing all of this like super amazing experiences and wisdom and thought with us um for people who want to follow along with all the incredible stuff that you're doing how can they how can they do that? Where should they find you? <laughs> oh yeah.
1: Well the the best place to go is uh Eva.com. But you can also follow me on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook, uh, at, at CrippingUpSex, um, F B oh FB is Cripping Up Sex with Eva. But uh, and yeah, and you know, also have a Patreon stuff if you wanna show some support.
0: This is all such good stuff. If you're listening, check it out it is just like it is it is the right work even the even the like christian protesters recognize it's the right work by by by, right. by protesting it that's all you know this is the real deal yes <laughs> support, it, support it learn I've read a bunch of stuff on the site and I it, and it's just it's all so amazing I'm just seeing it just makes me so much happier for the world knowing that there is that information out there now and that you bring it in such a a thoughtful and fun way so thanks again for that
1: thank you yeah oh also there's um i have pre-recorded workshops and stuff in my shop um and i have or and i do l i live classes from time to time And if anyone's interested, I also have a sex toy review blog where I review the accessibility of different sex toy designs. I including Princess Puppy Puss from Cute Little Fuckers.
0: (laughs) It's a fun review. It's great. And I do especially love that, yeah, you focus on that disability angle so that people can figure out exactly what toys can work with their bodies and limitations.
1: Yeah, exactly. A lot of people like to focus on like, oh yeah, this gave me like five orgasms, five. I give it five stars or kind of thing, you know, but it's definitely way more objective and about the design and meant to be like a buyer guide for disabled people or anyone, you know
0: it's awesome you're awesome thanks again for being on the show
1: thanks so much for having us cute 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 cute, cute.